Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly. I thought, yo, this is my life. I have to go pro with Halo. In my head, thought that that was more efficient, and I guess I was right. He was like the god. We would have to two v one, like just to beat this guy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll try I'll you know, to you. You're like, oh, <laughs> see you guys later. A lot of Halo in my life, man. It's been a, it's been a fun journey. I love it. I was just typing cry in the chat. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your weekly destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway, and we are back with our news, our trick jumps, our interviews for the week. Tons of exciting stuff in Halo. And of course, Halo Reach on PC, the first flight is now finished. We've got content all over the internet. You guys can check out what Halo, what Halo Reach looks like. And of course, the 90 field of view, I'd say, is probably one of the biggest, most exciting things so far. It looks pretty damn awesome. We're going to talk about it very soon in the news. But before we jump in, remember, guys, we have our giveaway for the episode we have the exclamation mark grassroots that you type in the chat below you can enter yourself into this giveaway for the br skin and nameplate so just do that now guys you can do it throughout the entire show i think we have one skin that we're giving away so don't be salty if you don't get it let it be a good battle out there in the chat let's jump right into our news with maddie rums from doomcombo.com how's it going maddie hey what's up dude how much man uh do you do you ever like have any kind of prep like pre HCS weekly prep that you do to kind of like get yourself in the headspace, get psyched up. <laughs> no, not really. No, no, you just kind of come in. Yeah, right? pretty much. Once, once I type it out, you know, like what we're gonna talk about, then that's yeah. really it. Maybe maybe that's just a me thing because I gotta, you know, I have all this stuff I'm trying to prepare. But what I do is I try to like wake myself up by drinking the this like GG. It's like G fuel. Yeah. Anyway, I, I was so tired before this episode. I was, like, yawning constantly, so I had two of them. And now my heart is just <laughs> beating at, like, 10 miles a minute. So it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I'm going to let you kick off the news breakdown, of course, though. We've got MCC development updates. Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, they've been posting, I think it was monthly updates on uh, MCC as far as the progress on uh, PC. Yeah. But uh, this week, the things that I thought were uh, notable – were that they're holding a one-time only copy of Forge maps and game types from Halo 3, Halo 4, and Halo Reach, right. and to bring them to MCC. Right. So what that pretty much means is if you ever have a map that you saved on Halo 3, 4, or Reach from your Xbox 360, it's gonna copy automatically to MCC so you'll be able to play your games again. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Maddie, sorry to interrupt you. We're gonna go back on that because that's actually a huge point. Uh, yeah. Joe, if if you're in the there in the background, I didn't even mention it, guys. Of course, we have Joe Fries joining us on the show today, and uh, his uh, his mic was coming through there in the background, so I think we we got him to to mute it. We're gonna be inviting him on the show very soon to chat about all these awesome things in Halo. Um, and and yeah, this is this is actually huge news right here. Uh, that the fact that you can bring your game type, your forged maps and game types over to MCC now, which is kind of unreal that they're still trying to implement this. So this is from your Xbox 360 to uh, to Xbox One and to PC when it comes out on PC, right? Right. So anything that was in your file share. Right. So if you still have your 360 and there's some stuff you want to be uh, you know transferred over, they encourage doing it as soon as possible because they don't know exactly when they're going to do it. Yeah. So they're saying just do it as soon as possible. But it's going right. to take place over two days. One day they're going to copy all the maps, and then the next day or the second day they're going to copy over all the game types. Yeah, which but, is pretty incredible. I, so, yeah, yeah I it's guess, pretty awesome. 
I don't really know how that works exactly, but there's, so there's a two-day period coming up in the future. So guys, get ready now. Go on your Xbox 360, yeah. put all your favorite maps and game types on your file share so that when this two-day window comes up, they're just going to pull your game type off. For every single Xbox gamer tag, apparently, yeah, they're going to pull all Xbox. of that off the file. Yeah, across but Xbox. Only uh, maps and game types. So your clips, films, and screenshots or anything won't be copied or anything you have like stored on an external hard drive or anything. It's only if it was on your file share. Yeah. And that's huge because I think one of the worries kind of porting these games over to PC is will we have all this amazing creative content that we had in, in Forge back in the day uh, to know that we can have that day one, like which, which is what I'm hoping is just like day one, we get on the game, we've got all of our old Forge content. That's insane. Like you think of the content creators who want to get right into Halo and have a good time. They can go right back to the golden days of Halo and play the craziest custom games on their live stream, stream whatever it is. Uh, so I think that's huge for content creation. That's going to be really exciting. Well, yeah, uh, as so, far as when it's available, it's it'll be available on MC, and MCC once the game is released on PC. Okay. So... Okay. Your Halo 3 maps won't be available for your on Halo 3 MCC Xbox, but it will become available once Halo 3 launches on PC. Yeah, and there is one stipulation for getting the maps on PC uh, as far as if you have, like, if you're an Xbox 360 owner, right? You said you had to sign into an Xbox One for it to actually work. How does that, what's yeah, your process? Yeah, they're going to, everything will be copied and, I guess, downloaded, you know, onto Microsoft Storage. And in order to access it, you're going to have to log into Xbox Live from an Xbox. Okay. So you'll be able to, and once you do that, it'll be transferred over even to PC. But you have to log in from an Xbox. You can't log into MCC on PC and get your files. Only right. from an Xbox. So a little bit elaborate, but basically you don't have to buy an Xbox One. You could ask a buddy, and then he could sign yeah. in on an Xbox One for you and just establish everything so that when you are on PC, the game the game types uh, maps do transfer over. Uh, so a little bit of an extra step if you're not currently an Xbox One owner, but still great to see that the option's there. Um, we also have the latest build of Reach playable at Halo Outpost Discovery, apparently. What's this? Yeah, so if uh, you know Halo Outpost Discovery is coming up, uh, and they said that whatever the latest build of Insider will be at the time, you'll be able to play it at the event. Right. So we were saying before, right now it's just the tip of the spear uh, campaign mission from Reach, but yep. they also mentioned that they plan on the second flight being Firefight. So maybe if okay. that's out at the time, you'll be able to play it, which would be pretty cool. They really have us waiting, waiting with like bated breath for the actual multiplayer, like competitive multiplayer. They're going to put it in last, I bet. They're just, they give us one campaign mission, firefight, like. One step I'm at a time. Just, yeah, one step at a time, one step at a time. Uh, we've got Reach Progress Unlocks and Seasons. And this is great for having just people returning to play the game on a regular basis. What's this? Yeah, they elaborated a little more on uh, what it's going to be. So each season will feature a unique theme, playlist, and mode. And the rewards will be a set of unlockables for that season. It'll the unlockables will either be armor, firefight voices, armor effects, or profile items like nameplates. And you can unlock them by spending seasonal points. Right. And the way to get seasonal points is by gaining XP and leveling up your profile, which you can do only through multiplayer, like matchmaking multiplayer and firefight mode. Okay. It's only anything from dedicated servers. Right, right. But the cool thing is when a, a new season begins, you'll be able to choose to 
I guess, stay on the previous season and unlock yeah. everything from the previous season and then move on afterwards. Okay. So they, they said they don't want anything to be lost. They want everyone to be able to, you know, get the rewards when they want. Okay. And the stuff that you're unlocking is, I, I guess, this isn't new armor or voices. This is stuff that I'm assuming was previously in the game. They just added a new interesting way to, to get you to unlock it now. I mean, they, he's, there's interview, I forget his name was, I have it written on the site, but, uh, they, he does mention that they are looking into like new things, like new colors and things like that. Wow. Okay. So, and they also mentioned that they're looking into how to do additional content for other MCC titles. That would be so cool. Yeah. Imagine having like skins and stuff in Halo 3. Like maybe I'm I'm just wishing too much, but like actually changing things like that in in, uh, in a game that old now would be uh, pretty incredible to just still see that kind of innovation. Um, but yeah, that's cool. So seasons and and these seasons will continue to update. But even if you kind of sleep on Halo for a little bit and you come back, you can still unlock those previous unlocks available from the past seasons, or you can get the stuff of the new season. You're not really missing anything by stepping away, which is great. Um, so we have crossplay as well. Yeah. They took a few questions from the community and answered them. One of them was about crossplay, and they said they're planning on crossplay between the Windows Store and Steam okay. to be available at launch, and then crossplay between console and PC. They said they're still gonna look at it, but not until after the PC is launched. Okay, so we still don't know just yet there. Uh, right. Between PC, yeah, that's fine. Like Windows yeah. and Steam, yeah. They were all expecting expected. that. Right, that's the easy one to answer. Uh, Flight yeah. two is planned for Firefight, all right, we know that. And then all the news here, halowaypoint.com. Of course, all that's also linked on noobcombo.com, so you guys can check out Noob Combo. You've got all these details here and the associated links. Uh, we have more updates, especially for the HCS Grassroots program. The Beachland has joined us now. Yeah, it's a little bit of a surprise announcement, but one that's well-deserved. Uh, in my opinion, if you think of Grassroots, Beachland is like the epitome of it. It's a... Uh, it's pretty much like a big gathering they have every year of the best uh, Halo Combat Evolved players that they hold in Tampa, Florida. The main tournament is uh, 2v2, and there's usually about 50 players, 50-plus players that make it there. Right. So if you're – I mean, I'm a fan of Halo C, so even if you're not, I recommend watching it because the guys are just, like, insane. It's a totally different game when you watch oh, yeah. it on that level. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's literally not what you would expect, guys. I highly recommend if you don't watch a lot of Halo CE, go back and watch these 2v2s. It's elaborate, man. The kind of angles and stuff they're doing, banking nades to, to launch weapons across the map, it's yeah. pretty nuts to watch. But yeah, so uh, this year's tournament is the eighth installment, and it takes place on August 10th through the 17th, and there's even a $1,200 prize pool this time, which is pretty cool. Awesome. It's so great to see the support for Beachland. Like you said, very grassroots uh, initiative as is, so it just makes perfect sense to add them to the HCS grassroots community. And, yeah, they just continue to add some some awesome, uh, you know, components of our community to this this bigger picture. We can give, a, give them a bigger platform to continue to grow uh, and prepare themselves for all the, you know, MCC and Infinite and stuff we got in the future. Uh, UGC has a big announcement as well, which is exciting to see. What do we got? Yeah, so the Halo Classic is returning, but uh, this time it's in Atlantic City, which I'm especially excited for because I'm from New Jersey, so I can't so wait. You're, yeah, you're like two hours away, right? Oh, yeah. There's no way I, I will not be there. I've uh, um, been waiting for a Northeast Halo event for a long time, so I'm very excited. But uh, it's a Halo 344. It's going to take place at Valley's Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Uh, $50,000 prize pool, 
and you can get tickets right now at ugchalo.com. Spectator tickets are 40 bucks. VIP tickets are $100. That includes uh, premium seats, uh, VIP lounge access, custom badge, and a, a merch pack. And awesome. if you're a team looking to compete, right now they have the early bird pricing, which is $175 for a team, and that includes four players and a coach. I mean, Halo Classic was uh, was a great way to kick off the year. Of course, uh, yeah. a lot of buzz with that with that on Twitter, and right now there's a lot of buzz as well. I don't know if you checked any of the comments on the tweet. I think I saw Moses in there. He seemed to be really excited about it, and I think yeah, me, uh, and, me and him been talking about yeah, we've mentioned to each other like how much we want something back. Is he gonna go? Do you know? Uh, I think he would. I don't see why he wouldn't. We had a, a Moses face reveal. Uh, comment oh, yeah, in the chat yeah, from yeah. UGC. It's like we might we might get to see Moses for real this time. This is a, it's a big deal. So a lot, a lot of big players are going to be in this tournament. It's going to be uh, really exciting for sure. Um, so apart from that, we also have tournament results across Halo locally, or I mean, just uh, on a smaller scale at least. What's Nade Straits H5 FFA Frenzy? Uh, it was an EU-only yeah, EU uh, tournament, uh, Halo 5 free-for-all. And uh, first place went to Legends, second place was Lundy, and third was Siki. Psyche, Siki. I think it's Siki. But, uh, yeah, not to be confused with Europa Halo's FFA Frenzy. It's just a, co a coincidence they both at, like, the same time named it the same thing. But uh, is, this, is this brand new? Has Nate Strait ever done something like this before? He's hosted some tournaments in the past, yeah. I, uh, I think they were all Halo 5 tournaments, but he's, he's held a few things in the past before. Awesome. It's great to see more of that. Uh, and that's for the European community? Yeah. So great to see. Uh, we also have SWAT Nation, Hot and Poundies Rampage 3v3. What's this? Yeah, it was another uh, random 3v3 tournament. Uh, first place was Cheap Sunglasses, which was Apollo 9, Math Burger, and Triant. Second place was Foolin, which featured NWK, Caboose, and Savage Cat. Third place was Summer Nights, with Kakashi, it's Prometheum, and Chunk Deduce. Is this a Halo 3 SWAT? Or is no, it that was, County? It's got to be Halo 5. Yeah, it was Halo 5. The Halo 3 SWAT tournament is at the end of this month, I believe. The next one is SWAT Dependence, which is Halo 5. But the one after that is Halo 3. The $1,000 Halo 3 SWAT tournament coming up. So that's going to be exciting yeah. as well. So even in the meantime, they've got all these these events going on just to keep uh, keep us satiated. It's great to see, man. SWAT Nation putting in a lot of work. I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of next on the board as far as the grassroots uh, yeah. decisions there. They just keep doing what they're doing. Um, so Philly Esports, Summer Slayer, this is happening as well? Yeah, this was a LAN event that happened in uh, Philadelphia at the University University City Science Center. University Science Center? Something sure. like that. Sure. But, uh, I didn't have, I couldn't find player ro uh, team rosters, but I did see a few like familiar names. Uh, but first place went to Darkest Hour, second place was Guardians Gaming, and third was FXBG Sense of Being. But I saw people like uh, Queen was there, uh, Jesse Siao, so Siao, I don't know how to say it, Sao. A lot but, of uh, callback team names here with the uh, Believe the Hype and oh, the yeah, Darkest yeah. Hour. Team uh, D was there too, so it was a. Uh, Nice. familiar faces showed up. All right, so that sounds like a really great event as well. Uh, hopefully, is Philly Esports have anything else planned? Uh, not that I know of. It looked like it was a decent turnout, so hopefully they plan something else because they, they do a variety of uh, of games. Right. 
And uh, keeping up with the usual trend, we have our events this week as well. What do we got? Uh, Saturday, July 6th, SWAT Nation, as we mentioned, is a, their SWAT Dependence 4v4. It's a $500 tournament. Sunday, July 7th is Europa Halos FFA Frenzy. And also Sunday is Female Pro League's Halo 5 4v4. So events on a regular basis. We've got the first flight for Halo Reach on PC. We've got information now on, on the fact that you can port all your Forge maps and game types over to MCC PC. So a lot of good uh, good stuff here in our news roundup. Maddie, thank you for joining me once again. And guys, always make sure to check out noobcombo.com. All the information is there with the associated links. You guys can get all those details and, and stay informed. Thank you, Maddie, for joining me. Yep, see you next week. No problem. That closes our news. Let's get right into the trick jump. Clearly, me has some insane trick jumps in the form of a montage today. I'm excited to take a look. How's it going, man? Oh, man, it's going pretty good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. What? So I already know what you have here. Are we looking mm -hmm. at the whole montage, or are we looking oh. at what, – what do you want to do? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're doing the whole montage. I guess that's what – yeah, that's what Tony said that he wanted to do. So let's, we're going to do, do the whole shebang, I guess. Let's kick it off. <clears throat> All right. Oh, we got we kind of started in the middle here, the beginning. <clears throat> I don't know if we can play back the beginning there or break it down. What was the? Uh... It was a uh, cone redirect um, rubble to the top of. Um, I don't know what you would call it exactly, but the little vent fan thing that's on top of rat's nest. But I throw a spike grenade behind the cone and a frag under it to redirect and. Jeez. Hammer to the top of the fan there. And that's the start of the video. Right. Um, and then it kicks into narrows here in just a second. And this one's simple to follow, but I do a little icicle jump over to here, which is quite a distance. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people have tried it over the years and couldn't make it and just kind of deemed it as too far away. And uh, yeah, this one. <laughs> God. Yeah, so these are all over, really insane. Like each one yeah. of them, I feel like you got to kind of pause and go back, yeah. right? Like this even one, we're definitely. Said, like, this, this one needs one, a we're, pause. Yeah, we're gonna need to pause for this one. So uh, this one took me over 132 hours to do. What? So I'm hitting a uh, edge bounce here, and then hitting a slide jump here to an over ghost, <laughs> and carrying my momentum all the way over. <laughs> to yeah, man, it's uh, it's literally insane. Um, you jumped off nothing on like if you look at it in third person, it's gonna play in third person. Uh, yeah, um, no, I only do a first person shot in, in this. Oh, it's only first person. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, on that one. Oh, this okay. one's another over ghost on blackout, super hard um, to hit there. And then this one's just a simple slide jump on longshore to a juggle here to the top of the light. See, the slide jumps make sense yeah. to me. The overghost, though, is yeah. nuts because you're not, like, from what you can see in the third person, you're not jumping on anything. It's, it's something to do with your head bumping the, the roof. Yeah, so um, basically the way the game works is when you have a flat and curved surface that meet. Um, basically, if you can jump and smack your head uh, where those two points meet, you can momentarily run and jump off of it. Um, and there's different techniques. Um, it's, you know, it's technically called overghosting. Um, when you use the crouch button to achieve those. Um, but when you just jump and when you smack your head and just simply mash the jump button, it's considered just an edge ghost. It gets confusing. There's a lot of uh, subgroups to edge ghosting. Okay, this one um, we want multiple plays, Tony. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. watch the little jump that you do. Un that one under the door right there. To mm -hmm. get on top, That there's some crazy shit going on underneath that door. Yes. Frame, so <laughs> kind of break this down. Okay. 
so I get up the top glass um, in, a, in a fancy manner. There's a way easier way to get up there, but I'm walking off, hitting an edge bounce, hitting a slide, and then hitting an overghost. I tap crouch right there on that, where, where the flat and curved surface meet on that little ledge. And I'm jumping off of it and carrying my momentum upwards to that top ledge, which by the way, no one's ever gotten up to the spot before unaided. Um, I've always used power drains, brute shots, grenades, and uh, no one's just gotten up there using the jump button before. So that was a um, one of the, one of the my favorite jumps I've ever done for sure. Right, this jump, and like so you said, has never been achieved. This is this was the uh, the secret insane jump that you were kind of alluding to before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, big challenge request out there. If anybody can can match this, because uh, I, I think you're unmatched. You're going to and I know you're going to continue to hit crazy jumps to try to even beat this one yourself. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, I'm going to continue. Damn, dude. Sure. But yeah, edge bounce slide to overghost. It sounds simple and it kind of looks like if you were to try it, you might get lucky. But that height right there where that edge ghost is to where I landed is insanely high. Um, even when you stack up crates and uh, set it up to make it so that it's super easy to hit that edge ghost, you very rarely even get the height to get up there, let right. alone hit an edge bounce to slide into it. And yeah, it's an, right. it so, was really difficult. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, there's a lot more to this that we can't really explain in this, uh, this short format. So where can people yeah. go? How can they get involved in this community and, and start learning these jumps? So I created a Discord. Um, it's completely dedicated to the trick jumping community. You can post requests for uh, tutorials, you, and I have a bunch of other OG players in there that can help you and be more than happy to do so. Yeah. Um, and um, I will be posting a link to that Discord server on Twitch and on Mixer for you guys. So anybody who wants to join, you are more than welcome to. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MCC Trick Jumps, as well as uh, YouTube at MCC Trick Jumps. Um, I post tutorials, montages, as you guys seen. Uh, my latest montage there. Um, but yeah, um, again, I, I will post those links after my segment is over. So if you guys want to join, please feel free to do so. Right. At MCC, Trick Jumps is a good place to start. You've got the YouTube, you've got the Discord associated. You just recently posted the video on your Twitter as well. You guys can give that a nice retweet. Pretty insane video, some jumps that have never really been seen before in Halo 3, and you continue to kind of break the meta here. So uh, excited to see more stuff that you have to bring. Halo Reach is getting ever closer. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you got for Halo Reach, man. I hope you're uh, – are you even practicing anything in the background? Of course, Halo Reach probably feels totally different for an Xbox 360 to what they're bringing out. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I never um, – even at Reach's peak, I never got into too much trick jumping on Reach, to be completely honest. Ooh. But um, I will definitely be getting into it just so I have some new content to post. And I know a lot of people will be jumping on Reach and will, will yeah. be wanting to see Reach content. So I, I'll, I'll dive in. I'll die. Right. Yeah. Well, looking forward to seeing what you have in store, man. Thank you for joining me once again. Thanks, man. You take it easy. No problem. That closes our news and trick jump for the week. I'm excited to bring our guest on for today's episode, Joe Fries, to break down Halo, the greatest Halo of all time, and can Halo make a comeback? How's it going, Joe? What's up, man? Just hope we can have a as legendary a conversation as last time. Yeah, man. Honestly, okay. Well, last time it was a bit of like an extensive. We were arguing a bit. We had a, a good back and forth. I I'm down to argue if we get to the uh, the opportunity to. But but I'm just I'm just you know trying to to, to build a, a fun kind of. I don't even know what I'm saying here. Let's argue. Let's let's get into it. Let's let's break it down. 
Uh, I actually wanted to start off by saying just how you been, man. You've got st- – what's the steroids on your shirt? What are you making it? Uh, yeah, this is one of my uh, one of my homies. Uh, it's a local, like, Indiana, Indianapolis rapper, Flacco, uh, <laughs> represented by my, my homie Tyler Hoyt, the guy that did the uh, original Status Quo logo. Okay. He's involved in the project. This is just one of his shirts, so – I bought it. I was rocking that. I thought it was cool. Just yeah. some steroids on it. I wear it to the gym. I don't go to the gym. But if I did, I would wear it to the gym. Right. This makes a statement. It's not, you're not beating around the bush. This is, this is it, man. Steroids. It's, that's how you get this, this physique. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got other things going on as well. You've got uh, Astro posting these lovely photos of you on, on Twitter with the hey, brand new A50 headset. How'd you get, how'd, how'd you get this hookup? Uh, you know years of uh poking around in the industry you end up landing some of these gigs uh unfortunately i had to take my nail polish off for that one and i haven't haven't gotten it redone since so my nails are a little bare it's that's oh. really unfortunate <sighs> gotta get the Horrible rose gold drip going again <laughs> yeah and i mean i love some of the style stuff you've been doing uh but just a question just for maybe even my personal interest have you used the a50s at all or did you just kind of show them off uh, well, people, as a He's member of the Razor Geniuses, one. we are uh, sponsored by Razor, so uh, of all Razor products. But uh, at home, I do sometimes use the A50s. They're, you know, I mean, we are Astro through and through forever for Halo and MLG. So, like, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I played. Like, most most of my gaming hours in a headset have been done in a40s and A50s, like 100%. Yeah, I'm wondering if I should do the upgrade from the A40 right now. So I've had those for like four years. I like it. I think the mix amp is just my favorite part, though, and I feel like I could just swap out the headset and keep the mix amp. I mean, if you don't play competitively, I would definitely recommend the A50s, man. The wireless capabilities, like I could be, when I I was at home, I could be anywhere in my house and still be like, you can get up and go to the bathroom. You don't have to take your headset off ever. Yeah, it's, still it's just really nice. It's it's really yeah yeah. It's really convenient, man. They yeah. they make a great product, and like the toggle controls on the side are really nice too. Sounds sick. Now, of course, you talked about the the nail polish. I know you're always very stylish as well. We got a, a photo of you on Twitter uh, repping this this uh, awesome getup here. It looks like every little piece of this outfit is planned. Like the, there's this white line on the bottom of your shirt. Is that part of your shirt, or is that yeah. you? Like okay, it's part of the shirt. I was gonna say yeah. what. Where do you get the inspiration from for this stuff? You just uh, kind of come this up with it. Actually, I got to give a big shout out to my uh, my friend and stylist Michael Fabia. Uh, you have a personal stylist. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, you know you you see, you get these relationships going. That was actually a friendship formed from Flame Sword doing his GQ shoot at my house. Okay, uh, that guy was there, and we just got to talking and. Uh, we're good friends now. We talk all the time. Uh, but I went shopping with him, and that's like a full top man. Like we called it a bootleg Tom Ford look. Um, and then I got the me. I got the Louis Vuitton acetate frames on up there. Um, it's a, the tops from Top Man. The pants are from Top Man, and then the vegan Doc Martin cherry reds. The cherry red joints. Those are uh, <laughs> those are clean too, and the uh, the bag right is a Benny Gold oh, bag, yeah. but they they don't make 
Benny Gold shuttered his shop, so you can't even get that bag anymore. It's uh, it's an exclusive Joe Fry's only. And then the pink bootleg Konkin backpack that I got from Thailand for like ten bucks uh, <laughs> instead of like fifty bucks if you were to buy it retail. That just completes it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> got it tied together with the little pink backpack. Man, looking looking fly. Let's let's talk about Halo because that's uh, this is all distraction from the main uh main objective here. We've got MCC PC, of course, is the uh they had their recent flight. And Tony, you can throw up some uh some gameplay in the background for for us to take a look at. Of course, I think it was like a thousand uh or less than a thousand people that had access to it. Uh, we've got Vimplets here. A lot of content creators got to try it out. Have you seen any of this so far? What do you think? It looks fast on PC, man. Like it looks, it looks really fast. And I was talking to Dursky the other day. Um, not going to talk too much about what we were talking about. I don't, I don't think he said anything like NDA breaking, but uh, he just said that it went really well. And uh, there's a lot of positive feedback, and like they're really looking forward to bringing the game to PC. And like, I, it looks awesome. And like some of the stuff that you could see from like. The game being on the Unreal Engine, super, super, super cool. So detailed, like everything looks amazing. And when they start bringing like the other games or whatever to the PC as well, it's going to be so, so, so cool. I'm very much looking forward to playing Halo 1, Halo 2, uh, maybe Halo 3, probably not, but Halo 1 and Halo 2 for sure. Do you play a lot of PC yourself? Uh, I have the most gaming that I've been doing recently has been done on PC. Uh, I have a Switch and I, I like it, but there haven't yeah. been that many games that have grabbed my attention. I played a little bit of Smash for a while, but a lot of just like Fortnite or like Apex sometimes with my friends. Like people yeah. drag me into different games, but. I feel like my future now is on PC, even though I'm terrible. Like, I'm so much better <laughs> with a controller in my hand. I just, like, yeah. everybody else is on PC, so it's tough. It's tough to drag everybody back to console. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, having Halo come back to PC, I feel like that's an area where you might feel right at home, though, right? Because it just brings it back to what you know and love from console. And now, I mean, yeah, you're attempting it on mouse and keyboard. It might not be as comfortable there. But the rules of Halo stay the same, regardless of whether you're playing on PC or playing on controller. Um so what do you think, though, that this uh, this PC support means for the Halo franchise? I think that's one of the biggest things. It's like, so they, we have it on PC. We haven't seen much yet, just a little snippet of the campaign. But just the fact that it's starting to roll out, and, I mean, we have uh, the Steam wish list as well that just showcases the fact that a lot of people are looking forward to this. Tony, there's a screenshot that you have of it as well. Uh, this just this looks pretty exciting as far as just what it could do for the Halo community in the near future. What do you think? It's exciting, man. It's exciting. It's an exciting time for Halo. For our entire, the entire life of the franchise, this game has been an Xbox exclusive, and we're finally going to see, you know, yeah. whether it's too late or not. We're finally going to see what the real audience for Halo is like now that we have it on on Steam and and on PC. Like getting a game on Steam is a Steam is a massive, massive platform. Like yeah. And you can tell just by the those wish list uh requests like it's gonna do it's gonna do wonders for the community. I'm excited for what it it's gonna do for the community and it's just gonna i think it's the first step in bringing the franchise back there's a there's a long road, yeah, but one of them was 
you know, expanding. You could see with the success of Fortnite and all these other multi-platform free-to-play games, that's another right. thing that you're going to have to compete against is free-to-play games. Like, the the game already costs money, and then it's only on one console. You have to buy that singular console. Like, right. it's too much. So right. bringing it to the masses is going to do... It's going to do a lot for the game. Hopefully uh, that plus some other things is enough to bring it back to its former glory, but it's it's uh, a story that we're seeing written in front of us, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you said, accessibility, that's huge. Just more people being able to access it. And, and large, uh, you know, very important, popular individuals on the Internet are going to be playing it as well. So even if, let's say, you know, worst-case scenario, it's not well-received, uh, it's still going to get that initial explosion of viewership on those first, you know, couple weeks that it's out. And hopefully that that turns into something, you know, beautiful for Halo going forward. Um, but one of the biggest things as well is just the amount of feedback that we're going to get as a result. So you said it's part of like a greater course correction for 343 with Halo. It kind of writes some, not necessarily wrongs, but it kind of puts them on the right path forward. And then like big, uh, you know, content creators and people who are very passionate about Halo are suddenly giving a lot more feedback to the game. 343 can take all that into consideration, hopefully implement that in Halo Infinite, um, which uh, would be really exciting. So Halo Infinite, of course, is the next thing on the horizon. The only thing that we have to go on so far is the Discover Hope trailer. I've shown this with uh, the last, like, four people I've interviewed. We don't really have too much we can watch, so we just kind of uh, continue to play the same beautiful-looking Master Chief uh, over and over. What do you think of what we've seen so far for Halo Infinite? I mean, it's a classic. I mean, I called this very early on, last last E3, when they all they showed was that one cinematic with Chief in the helmet, like, and not even Chief in the helmet. It was, like, Chief's left leg. Yeah. And his, a little bit of his left wrist in his helmet. Uh, uh -huh. I was like, okay, we're not going to get a game or gameplay for at least two years. Like, there, there are two to three, maybe three, probably three years out on this project. Like, they, they don't have anything to show. It's, I mean, that's really clear. If they did, they would have showed it. And... Now we get like another cinematic trailer, no gameplay yet. I feel like we all kind of know where they're at in the process. I'm, you know, I may be talking out of my ass, but like, you know, we got the holiday 2020 announcement and that was, it was bang on with my prediction. It was like two, two, three years out from E3 and it's like two and a half years from last E3, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Do you think there's really any, like, cause yes, it's disappointing that we didn't get to see gameplay, but do you think in some way there's kind of an advantage that they just showed the trailer? Because what if they showed gameplay? Do you think that it could, you know, be the result of, it depends on what they show, right? Because if they showed gameplay and there was, like, one ability in that gameplay, like he starts sprinting or something, I feel like that becomes this long discussion and a back and forth on the Internet, and then they, they may not have the resources to, you know, to show more in, yeah, during that time Yeah, but you want frame. that feedback early on? Right, yeah. You want to hear that from the fans pretty early rather than, you know, now the schedule is going to be like next E3, we're going to have like the big reveal. And mm -hmm. then we're also going to have a beta, presumably, you know, at some point. Uh, so th those two things are almost going to be going on at like the same time. Yeah. You know, E3 is probably going to announce the beta and then we're going to go beta almost straight into the game. You know, yeah. Now that you say it that way. Which Think with, about the way the timeline, like the game's yeah. gonna release in like November probably. E3's in June. Uh, 
they're going to run like probably a two month ish beta, maybe, hopefully. I don't know. Depends on like the completion state of the game. I'm sure it'll be like mostly done, if not completely done, but um, you never know. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you just. I don't know that that's going to be it of small tweaks, surely, but like, right. That's it. Right. Depending on how close the beta is to release date, that is a little scary, right? Because a lot of things are going to be locked in. If what I was hoping they would do is just kind of show gameplay during the holiday, you know, they, they had, they usually have some sort of an event. It's not E3, but there's some sort of a big event like November or December, like a conference of some sort. I don't know what I'm thinking it is like maybe it's game awards or something around that time. Um, but if they can somehow release a beta early next year, would be way better, right? So we have way more time for that feedback to go through and make necessary changes. But you're right. If they show gameplay for the first time next year at E3 and then have a beta following, it just seems like a scary situation. They're doing it with Gears right now. Right? I think, uh, I mean, in all honesty, once a beta comes out, I think it's way too late for wholesale changes. Like, they're not going to change. They're not going to be adding weapons or changing the way that, movement happens inside the game like all that stuff's going to be well locked in like you need to catch that like now to make any significant impact on what it's going to look like later like they're already testing multiplayer surely yeah uh you know there's more done with the game than they're leading on with that trailer like obviously there's some sort of gameplay that's playable i'm sure yeah and there's you know campaign like lots of stuff's done they just didn't want to show it right now right right halo 5 actually did have a beta a lot earlier than the release of the game though right i think it was the winter and then they released the game the following year holiday but there wasn't any substantial change between the beta and the final game like you're saying um what they had you pretty much got like on, on the release day just better graphics right yeah um Okay, so so a lot to kind of ponder, and that's that's why I want to take a look at uh, the past successes of Halo and today's modern kind of gaming industry, and try to answer this question. Uh, actually, you know, before we get to the question, uh, what do you, let's get your kind of impressions on Halo going into it. What do you think is the greatest Halo of all time? First off, I think, and there might honestly, be a it's, of a, it's yeah. a super complicated question to answer. Like, I think it has. And and not to be, like, lame and cop out, but I really think that it has multiple answers. I think that it's it could be one of two, maybe three different games for a multitude of reasons. Like, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, for me, Halo 1 being my favorite title in the series, but Halo 1, for so many reasons, people forget laid the groundwork for console FPS and like a lot of what FPS looks like in a multiplayer landscape today. Like the, a lot of the things that they did had never been done before. Like you never saw system link on a console before. That was the first game that you system link multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the multiplayer almost didn't even make it into the game. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Incredible. Yeah. I mean, the the core mechanics were amazing. The graphics were like mind blowing for the time. Uh, it, it did everything right that it could at the time and laid the groundwork for not only the franchise but for like I said, first person shooters. Yeah. In general, on the yeah. console for years to come. And then Halo Two also for 
more obvious reasons probably for people watching this like the quintessential xbox live experience pretty much yeah. like that game defined xbox live everybody yeah. everyone played that game and that was a lot of people's first uh not only their first fps experience online but their first online gaming experience i know like wolfenstein was another fps that came out um before halo 2 but that was uh that was a lot of people's first time in like the ranking system uh part like chat the clan system right uh proximity chat like talking trash in lobbies uh you know just it so many things the the gunplay when it was released wasn't amazing but uh the patch helped tremendously and then you know you end up with amazing core mechanics amazing button glitches and stuff like that like just an yeah. un unbelievable title that also like had its like defining moment and then halo 3 um for a lot of reasons that people don't talk about and a lot of the things that i'm about to mention were actually brought up in the uh courage and nature podcast shout out to the homies yeah uh, yeah jack was talking about like the game launched with a forge mode like uh ranking system was mm, okay uh but it did have a ranking system the social system uh like you know you had separate playlists for social and ranked like that wasn't really done before um the theater system theater in a game it's incredible like, you go back and yeah. watch your gameplay on console so of its insane. yeah um Theater Forge, uh, the file sharing system that they mentioned, un it's crazy, unprecedented stuff. Like you could upload your own game types, and then other people could go on your profile and download those game types. Like, yeah, when had that ever been done before? It's crazy. Yeah. So like, all of these three really like had, in my opinion, have a shot for like the title of the best. I don't. I don't think it's fair to award any of them the best because they all were in such different time periods in gaming. Yeah. Like Halo Three also was at like the peak of Halo fandom. Like it's riding exactly. off the success of Halo Two, and you have now everyone knows about Halo. Everyone's talking about Halo. Like Tim said, there isn't anybody that you talk to that was like Halo. Nah, I don't play that. Like right, everybody right. played Halo. Yeah. Uh, and it was just this massive phenomenon. And uh, they delivered with that game, you know, with the Forge and all those things that I mentioned and, you know, packaged it up in this incredible game with questionable gun mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's – the the rest of them don't need to be talked about. Reach was definitely <laughs> not the best Halo. Halo 4 um, – No, not even close. If that was – Men in Black from everybody's memory. I don't think anybody would miss it. Right. Uh, and Halo 5, you know, a, an honest attempt at appealing to the, uh, you know, advanced movement, fast kill time, like, type Call of Duty audience. But I, I want to hear your, yeah. th what, your thoughts. 
Uh, well, okay, so my first impression as far as, like, the greatest Halo of all time, I was thinking definitively Halo 3, and there's no arguing that, mainly just because of the points that you brought up, like the fact that it's a complete package. Like, it, it took the success, the, the great things about Halo 1 and Halo 2 and built on them and continued to innovate and offered everything in one massive, beautiful package. Like, every part of that package was a AAA experience. You, you said it. Like, theater mode didn't except exist. The system. Except <laughs> Sure. And these are things that, that I think that, did the ranking system improve over time, though, in any way, or is it stay static, though? Because <laughs> yeah. people still, people still to this day will tell you Halo 3's ranking system was one of, if not the best, uh, ranking systems in competitive Halo. Next to Halo 2, it still had the MLG 1 through 50. It was very competitive. It was very, like, getting a 50 back in, in Halo 3 is, like, that's everybody's, uh, you know, like, that's, that's like, the point that you bring up if you're good at, at Halo. You'd be like, oh, yo, I had a 50 back in the MLG. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to de completely derail the conversation and go back to ranks, but, like, Flame and I were actually talking about this, uh, like, two days ago. And uh, we were talking about how, like, the Halo 2 versus Halo 3 ranking system and how it's, like, it's not close in our eyes. Because, I mean, many things, but you could boil it down to uh, that argument I was having with somebody on Twitter last time we went to the show and talked about the ranking system. He was talking about like how great the Halo 3 ranking system is, but you can get a 50. If you don't lose, you can get a 50 in like, like 40 something games or like 52 games or something. And if you power leveled, you could do it in like 20 something games or something like that. Like, how is that good that's not good that's not like a hallmark of a good ranking system in my eyes if you can get the highest rank in the game in 20 games like and then you just kind of sit there like you could you couldn't scratch you couldn't scratch like 30 in halo 2 even if you played 60 games like you weren't coming close you'd probably be at like a like a 15 or a 16 like it just yeah and that, that's definitely system, man. Yeah, exactly. And if you can if you can get to the level cap really quickly, then that does kind of like ruin the system, and it, it gives you less incentive incentive to play overall. And that's why people instead of just doing fifty exactly. in one playlist, they would get fifties in all their playlists, and they make a smurf count, and then get fifties in all those. So it wasn't really about like, oh, could I get the fifty? It's about how many fifties I could get. Kind of became the narrative. But it, the the point that you raised that I thought was amazing was that they're all like one, two, and three are so incredibly important for their own key reasons. And you can't you can't have one without the other. Like. A, I, at first glance, I'm saying Halo 3 is the greatest, but when you say, you know, Halo 1 birthed the whole genre, Halo 1, there was nothing like Halo when Halo came out. It was just incredible. It set the precedent. They, they, you said multiplayer is an afterthought. It came in last second, but it was still amazing, and it, it you know, it, it gave way for Halo 2. And Halo 2, if it wasn't for Halo 2, like, Xbox Live may not have even existed in the way that it does today. It could have fucking crumbled and, and disappeared because, if like, and I was just reading an article about it a little while ago. It was, like, just the millions and millions of people and hours spent on Xbox Live and Halo 2 uh, and it was just Halo 2. People weren't playing anything. They were literally getting Xbox Live just to play Halo 2. And and the ranking system was amazing. It was incredibly competitive. Uh, that all led into Halo 3. And then Halo 3 was just this perfect storm taking all of these, yes, maybe gameplay. And the gameplay, I think, if, if when this is another kind of topic, but, uh, but just kind of taking all these great aspects of the previous Halo titles and putting them into a complete package that, that was just so great for pleasing, pleasing the casual, but had enough depth for the hardcore and had a you know that the esports the e scene and i guess the, the foundation of the esports at the time it also built itself out enough to, to just let everything explode basically it was just the timing of it the size of the package the quality of all the elements in the package just made me think halo 3 has the to be size the of the package size of the pack size matters in this case okay
I mean, it, listen, the facts are the facts. It was the reason that a lot of people bought an Xbox for a very long time. Right. I mean, that this franchise sold the Xbox console, mm. period. Like, when you were having the Xbox versus PlayStation debates with your friends, it's like, well, PlayStation has all, like, the RPG games and stuff. And it was like, yeah, but Xbox has Halo. That's it. Yeah. Xbox has a bunch of RPG games, too. Sure. And it has Halo. Like, what does PlayStation have? Well, we have, like, we have, like, Killzone and, <laughs> and SOCOM. Yeah. What uh, was that uh, uh, siphon filter? I played that shit on PSP. That was that was not bad. But <laughs> with the PlayStation shooters, with my thumbs hitting together and, and shit. Oh my god, yeah, PS3 controllers, man, don't bring me there. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's the thing. Like back then, it was just yeah, Xbox's glory days as a console too. Just everything about it at the time was uh, was pretty remarkable, and that's why yeah, you can't you can't put Reach, Halo Four and Five in the running for greatest game in any way. Uh, when it comes to gameplay, I feel like there's a little more contention though today. Like today, which Halo do you think has the best gameplay? One. One? Okay. I feel like out of the classic titles, I would say two. Because of the because of the button combos, because of how, how competitive it was and just the depth there. Why do you think one though? Uh predictive spawn system, nading weapons, uh like mostly the most consistent gunplay probably, even though the pistol is like kind of inconsistent, like you're working with pretty much like three guns. Mm -hmm. You're working with the pistol, the sniper, and the rocket launcher. The rocket launcher did incredible damage. Um, the pistol was incredibly balanced against those other two power weapons, so you never felt like you didn't have a chance. Even if somebody had rockets, you could three them and kill right. them almost as fast. You could trade with a rocket guy where that is impossible in any other title, pretty much. Unless you double, double shot, unless you quad shot somebody in Halo 2, which I don't think ever even came close to happening in competitive play. You're not killing that guy. He's just going to kill you with the rocket launcher, and, and you have no chance of fighting back. Right, so right. in terms of balance and uh, just, I mean, the spawn system alone makes it, you know, the best in terms of gameplay. Like being able, the random thing and like random spawning where I could stand in a spot and play 2v2, stand in a spot and force my teammate to spawn away from me to give us like a slight advantage if we're in a, a disadvantageous situation is huge. And it's such, it's, it's the most chess like halo game where you can, I can be terrible at shooting my gun, but if I know the game better than everybody else that's playing, I'm going to shit on everyone. Yeah. See, everything that you're bringing up is just making me realize how much I just missed out on uh, weapon timing too. Consistent weapon timing with no dirtying of weapons. So yeah. simple. One minute, two minute, minute and a half yeah. on everything. Like, forget it. It really is. The, the whole the game was very consistent in that way. Like, once you, you figured out all those little nuances, then you would consistently nade yourself a weapon every time. You know the exact spawns and how to manipulate spawns perfectly. Like, there was a method behind every little aspect, which uh, definitely really interesting. Something that I, I unfortunately wasn't there for, so I can't even really, uh, like, you know, to give you any information on that for, for as far as the thing that you said uh with halo 2 though um as far like you said the the pistol it feels like you can always 
you know, win in any situation, regardless of whether or not they have a rocket launcher or a sniper rifle, which is pretty cool. But then I like that aspect to Halo 2, where you have something like an excessive shot or double shot, where you, if you're skilled enough, you can break your way out of that situation with the BR. So it just, it forces a player to be incredibly quick and have perfect timing and perfect mechanics. That's what I like about that game and why I thought that was, you know, so exceptional. But I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, I guess, taking this from the opinion of, of, uh, of an individual player in like a solo queue versus like what works best for a, for a yeah. team environment. Regardless, um, there was, well, I think, Tony, I think they took that. Sorry. I, I yeah. think they took that individual skill out of the player's hands in halo one and put it more into their brain. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. <laughs> like it was less about what you could do with your hands and more about the cerebral nature of the game. Mm-hmm. And with that, I mean, like, there's a reason that it has the highest ceiling and the biggest skill gap out of any Halo. Like, if I play somebody that's the best, I won't, probably won't kill them. Can't do a single thing. Because they'll, they'll have, if we play Wizard, they're going to have camo and overshield the entire game, and I'm just going to be dead. And they're going to spawn kill me over mm-hmm. and over. And, and, like, even in, in 2v2s also, like, if you play two people that are way better than you, you will never win. You'll never win, and you'll always have consistently, consistently low kills. But in Halo 2, I could kill people with the BR, like, all the time. And there's not much to, like, set you... There's not much to, like, differentiate besides, like, being really good with your gun and, like, kind of knowing where to look. Like, having a good idea of, like, where somebody's going to spawn so you can get the first shot. Or, like, running around with the incredibly overpowered sword. Uh there's not that much to stop you from, from you know, from, from getting killed or, like, getting beat randomly, mm-hmm. you know? that You just can't, you couldn't get as good as you can get in Halo 1 where you were just so much better than everybody that they didn't have a chance. Yeah, I mean, as far as, so I... I you know what, this is out of my, my area of expertise. The Halo 1 discussion, I can't... <laughs> What I do want to show, Tony, is uh, is I do want to play that clip in full, though. The Nade shot, uh, Courage, and Tim the Tapman. The one thing that I think we can agree on is just how exceptional those first three games were, how important they were for the Halo franchise, and and that this is currently being talked about, especially Halo 3, by top uh, content creators like Nade shot, Courage, and Tim the Tapman. Yes, Tony- chat, Halo 3 BR was exceptionally trash. The yeah. fact that it was a projectile instead of a hitscan weapon was ter- a terrible development decision and there was bloom on the individual spread so you never knew exactly there was an inconsistency where your where your bullets were going to go but they came out at different times Mm. so your your three shots actually didn't come out at the same time they came out like two 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 like one two three so you there's this weird lead you'd have to be like constantly tracking your opponent the entire time and like kind of drag the shot along with them to hit your shots, it was. That didn't stop players like Roy from hitting every single one of no, those bullets. No, some though. people just figured. It, some people were just so tapped in and they just understood it. But I like. I don't know, man. I can go back and play Halo Two, and be like semi-dominant. Like I can crush people in Halo mm-hmm. Two still. And I get on Halo Three, and it's like my thumbs were put on backwards. Like I have no idea. Like the gravity feels weird. The moving my cursor my reticle around my cursor Mm. moving my reticle around feels terrible like it feels all floaty and i can't shoot at all i can't hit anything in halo 3 right now like if you were to play me in halo 3 
anybody in this chat right now would smoke me because <laughs> which which kind of sounds like the, the beauty of it as well just the fact that you can't just pick it up after not playing for a while and just be amazing at it right away just kind of goes to show that you need to consistently be well, playing halo 3 to just you know I to understand that, i think that more speaks on the inconsistencies of the game and the the fact that halo 1 and halo 2 are so consistent that's what makes <laughs> me able to pick them up and ride ride them like a bike whereas halo 3 is more of a, a jigsaw puzzle Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's uh, let's see what Nate Shot Courage and Tim the Tapman are saying in this clip here. They're growing up, obviously. Yeah, of course. So I'm still convinced to this day that if they never made another game after Halo 3, that Halo would be much like CS:GO and would be incredibly popular as a as an esport. And one of the things that I actually really love to talk about is that back in the day when Halo was like the star of the Major League Gaming professional circuit and then StarCraft 2 came in and Call of Duty, whatever the case may be, I think uh, I'm so curious how, how big the Halo following actually was. Because oh, yeah. they would have the events on like the USA Network and right. that was before Twitch TV was really prevalent. And yeah. I'm just so curious how big Halo professionally the audience actually was. Because I, I just think that game was so easy to watch. The highlights, which is really, really important for, like, excitement while you're watching an event, it's it so incredible. Someone pick up the sniper, a rocket spawn up, really big play, right. like, 49-49, but like, lockout or pit, you know, it's unbelievable. I, I, I almost think now to where Epic is today and the stuff that they've done with Fortnite, it makes my mind go, like, I wonder how much they look at Halo 3 and go, look what this game had to offer, like, look yeah. what they did. And just like now they're doing it in today's time with how much bigger the gaming audience is for one mm. free to play game, obviously, but like Halo 3, September 25th, 2007, had a full functioning theater, a fantastic ranked uh, a social playlist, a brilliant campaign. Uh, Didn't they have Forge too? Uh, the incredible Forge mode, yep. file share, where you could go and download yeah. and take screenshots and upload art and everything. It was so far ahead of its time and only on Xbox that... Imagine if a, if a game like that, that well done, is released in today's time with the free-to-play cross-platform, everything, it would be, I mean, it would be, it would be absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Um, every, everyone played it, too. I, sure. I, everyone I knew loved Halo. Like, I, there wasn't really any person that, in my friend circle growing up, that was like, Halo, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm think, of, <laughs> yeah, think, right. of, think of how insane Halo is. There, there, I've said this many times. There has not been a good Halo game in 12 years. Since Halo 3 was in 2007, yeah, I genuinely say that. There hasn't been a well-loved, across-the-board Halo game in 12 years, and the, it still has legs like it does today. Right, right. So, I mean, everything that they say is just what we've been talking about uh, already is just, just how insane uh, Halo 3 was when it came out and the precedent that it set, the fact that everybody loved it, and it was just that, that complete package. The biggest thing I wanted to get to in this, this discussion was not so, not so much just kind of Comparing each to Jack for stealing his whole segment because I watched it literally right before this and I didn't know that you guys were even going to talk about it. But sorry, Jack, I stole everything that you said and used it here. My bad, dog. No, no, you're good. You got this. We, we that, so that's the thing is this is such a like a great topic that he brought up though because it's so clear that like it, when, when you see these three massive successes like Nade Shot, Courage, and Tim the Tapman all just talking about how amazing Halo used to be and the fact that they want Halo to make a comeback. That's that's insane. Like just the, the, the opportunity that Halo has 
with Infinite, with MCCPC, to just become the mainstream again is incredible. So the, the real objective of the conversation uh, was what can we do, like, or, or what would Halo need to do to make a comeback, to get back on top? Um, and so in order to figure that out, I was thinking, like, let's figure out what the old Halo games did correctly. What did they do that was so exceptional, which is what kind of Nate Shot and, uh, and Tim the Tap Men were talking about. Um, and what is today's modern gaming audience? What do kind of modern gamers look for, expect from titles? And then what can we do as a community to uh, to kind of ensure that this becomes the best possible Halo? It makes that comeback. So just kind of starting with what the old Halo games did correctly. Uh, let's kind of run through that, just some of your thoughts. Uh, yeah. There's a few There's a few things to tackle here. One, I'd like to start by saying Nate Shot goes on to say it uh, after that clip that he, th or before that clip maybe, that he thinks that if Halo, if they stopped making Halos, after they made Halo 3, that Halo 3 would still have a large esports following and would still be played today like C the way CSGO is or the way Counter-Strike is. Right. Um, not sure if I totally agree with that. Yeah. But it definitely wouldn't have killed the franchise. There may have been, you know, a resurgence of momentum at some point instead of just this continuing downward trend Mm -hmm. where people are continuing to buy these games that overpromise and underdeliver and uh really just aren't rewarding like Halo was built on the 30 seconds of fun model right like that's what the Bungie devs said when they made it it's like mm -hmm. every 30 seconds something awesome's going to happen and like you're going to be having a great time playing this game the whole time that you're playing it because it's just like constantly rewarding and now we've like in this world of instantaneous everything, we've turned that 30 seconds of fun model and we've crushed it down into like the five seconds of fun model, which is like what yeah. COD is, where you just like, you spawn in and you are flying forward and then you just zzz, like kill somebody in like four bullets. And then mm -hmm. they're wow, that was fun. And then you die and then you do it all over again. And it's just like constant stimulation. And I think Halo they don't have we don't have to like go too deep into what they did or like what the other games meant or anything like that it's more just like they have their niche they have their audience like there isn't another fps title that has the same like kill time length yes. as halo the same system with like shields uh and it's like a respawn game primarily there have been, i mean there was that one time where they tried that one mode that was like breakout. I don't know yeah. what game that was even in, but whatever. Yeah, in uh, Halo Five, yeah. Yeah, not not important. Um, so I mean, it's it it stands on its own. It has its own place in like the you know saturated FPS market. If they could just you know do the things that everybody knows that they should do. It's really, it, we don't need to say more than that, honestly, I, I think. I, you know, it's the core gameplay experience of Halo of, of like, you know, two and a half second, three second kill time, whatever that was supposed to be with the BR. You know, if they want to do like a pistol thing, consistent spawn system that makes a lot of sense, like the Halo 1 system where you could literally like pinpoint things on the map, like, okay, if I'm here, and the rest of my team is, like, right next to me, then our teammates can spawn here. Right. But if he's standing over here, then maybe the guy spawns out all the way 
somewhere over over there. You know, just like stuff that's really consistent. Is it's there a point like, where it becomes like too controlled and too manipulated? Like, is that? I don't think so, man. And, I think like, that's, that's the thing. Is like, it's I, all that's part why, of the game. That's, that's, why that's mastery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where you get the true. You know, if it's if it's too simple, then it's an issue. Like, if you know one team spawn kill if one team wipes the other team and then they just have them on spawn kill forever like and, mm -hmm. and they just keep spawning in one spot and i guess that is a map design issue as well you know that's another thing they need you know great symmetrical arena maps like the mm -hmm. the best halo maps throughout t all time have been like uh besides lockout and a few others have been smaller smaller arena maps that are symmetrical mm -hmm. or just an arena map. I can't think of a great, there's, I can think of one great halo map that was not an arena map, but it is pretty symmetrical and that's blood gulch. And okay. there's a reason that it was dragged into almost every single title, if not every single title. Um, but not a competitive map in any way. Not a competitive map. I mean, it could have been. You know, if you're playing 8, 8v8 or whatever, or, you know, it's competitive in your basement when you're playing 4v4 against your friends. Sure. Uh, CTF at 2 in the morning. But, you know, smaller arena maps that are symmetrical, it's just, it's, symmetry is, like, the easiest way. Like, if you're stumped as a developer and you're like, oh, man, like, not really sure about these maps just make something mm -hmm. symmetrical like even if it's kind of sucky at least it'll make sense to everyone mm -hmm. and like it'll be even because the worst thing that you could do is set up a map where one team automatically spawns with an advantage who wants to play on that yeah yeah nobody it's there just, are, it's stupid yeah there are little elements of maps where like they're predominantly symmetrical but there are small features within those maps that aren't symmetrical for example construct one side isn't the same as the other though the map overall right. is relatively symmetrical which does work when you have elements like that as long as it's not giving a like a large advantage to one team over the other it doesn't have uh, to be perfect it doesn't have to be you know midship but yeah. it has to be you know close yeah yeah uh, the one topic I wanted to go back on real quick, that Counter-Strike argument about whether or not if Halo 3 never released another game after Halo 3, like, what would the game, what, what would the franchise and the community look like today? Um, like, so, yeah, I, I don't know if Halo 3 itself would hold up today, just in comparison to all the other games in the market. I just, just the general look, the feel of it, the, uh, just the way that everything kind of, kind of works, I feel like would, would show its age. And it is already kind of showing its age nowadays, even though it is still a very beautiful game um but that's not really the big thing i think what what really was interesting about the counter-strike perspective is just the fact that the community itself stayed together and and continued to grow and it had these deep storylines that that continued throughout right the, the big issue with halo is the fact that the community is kind of fractured in that way right because of the release of the new titles and the fact that opinions on them were split a lot of the big halo players moved off and played other titles and other halo players who are still massive uh successes they, they may not have created content around the game or really fully you know kind of gotten into that that uh you know building a brand aspect of it so that they could develop their own kind of storyline you know what i mean like there's no um there's a disconnect as far yeah. as uh yeah i feel like we could speculate on this this topic forever because you know who knows what would have happened if you know another league would have came in and picked up Halo Three, you know, because what happened after 
MLG had a couple Reach events. They actually had a decent. They had like a whole season of Reach, and then um, and then it was up to like AGL and these like little grassroots leagues to carry the torch, and it just wasn't wasn't the same. Like it lost all all interest. And I think, in fairness, I feel like, well, you know, that was Reach. I guess viewership started declining and stuff, and people were just on their way out. Right. Um, but it was at a different. It was at a different time. They make a good point. Like, if the game was released today, it would be a lot different. Mm-hmm. And they make that point because YouTube wasn't nearly the force that it is today back then. Like, YouTube is just starting out back in, like, you know, the people that started YouTube in, like, 2009 and stuff like that are massive now. Like, those yeah. are the biggest players in the space. It's the same thing with, like, Twitch. And, you know, there was no exposure. And I think this is going to lead me to my last point which is like what can we do to bring this thing back to glory and i think it's going to take like the biggest marketing push that microsoft has ever pulled off Mm -hmm. um i think they're going to have to pay out the ass for influencers to come and stream the game sure um until they release the game and then it just comes down to it's it's too really a two-part system like they need to pay a ton of people a lot of money to promote the hell out of this game, and then they need to deliver a good game. Like That's the bottom line. If the game is good, people will play it. And if it's available on PC and everybody, like, you know, it's multi-platform, people are yeah. going to play it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it comes down to did you make a good game or not? And, you know, all the marketing money in the world – you know, Activision's got really deep pockets. They throw a shitload of money at Call of Duty every year. There were years that they had those uh, commercials with Kobe Bryant and, like, all these, you know, popular pop culture figures right. in their commercials that and running ads during, like, peak times in on television. You know, they had, like, Super Bowl ads and stuff. Like, yeah, this stuff isn't cheap. And some of their games still flopped. Like, at the end of the day... You have to make a great game, period. So, Halo 5 had some pretty great marketing as far as, like, having a large marketing campaign. They had the hunt for the truth thing backing them. I think the biggest issue was that the marketing and the final result, they didn't follow through. Like, the what we saw in marketing and what we expected did not – there was no follow-through in the final product. So, yes, it would be nice if they had a massive marketing push for Halo Infinite, but there has to be a follow-through. Whatever it is, that, that whatever kind of uh, image that they're trying to portray with their marketing better be present throughout the game. Uh, and yeah, what we're seeing, we better, you know, what we're expecting, we better get in that regard. So just hopefully that's what happens. Cause I know there was a ton of money and energy put into marketing Halo 5, but when it came out, it just wasn't what people thought it might have been just based on the trailers that they had seen. So uh, that, that needs to be consistent. As far as like uh, kind of going back to what Halo games did correctly, I did get kind of like three main points that I put down here. Um, just as my perspective on this is that uh, the first part was that they're first movers and innovators in the FPS space at the time. This was the one thing that the first three did correctly. Like they were every single one of the games innovated in some way. We talked about this that like Halo One before Halo One there was nothing like Halo. Halo Two innovated in the side of the multiplayer and competitive uh, in online. Halo Three brought a complete package with everything together, uh, just something unprecedented. Well, adding adding theater mode, adding forge mode, all of these little innovations uh, that we had not seen previously. So 
so that's something that I think that would need to carry over into Halo Infinite. Some form of innovation, some form of new, uh, something, bringing something new to the space, uh, maybe even adding a new, like, a new element to this kind of complete package idea. Uh, the second one was the uh, just the fact that, yes, the, the game is just, it's a, so I've already said this a million times, just the complete package was my second point. <laughs> and the third point was uh, it's a simple formula. So it's it's very straightforward, the first three games. it's You, you can move, you jump, you crouch, you shoot. Uh, and but there's enough depth beyond that to please the hardcore players. So this is kind of the key thing: is that they were they were constantly bringing something new and innovating. They were bringing a ton of content uh, with every game, and each aspect of that content was AAA. And that it was a simple formula, but there was enough depth to please hardcore uh, gamers. Is kind of like the key things that I think they did right that we need to carry over. What do you think about that? I mean, you made it. You distilled it down to make it sound like Mega Man almost. It's like sure, jump, jump and shoot, man. You- well, yeah, jump, all shoot, you gotta do is date, jump and uh, shoot. That's all you got. Yeah, but that's the thing is like that's kind of what it is. Like, what can you do in classic Halo? You can move, you can crouch, you can jump, you can shoot, you can melee, you can nade. That's it. Um, but there's there's so much more depth to the interactions and how they play out and what you can and can't do and your positioning and your where your teammates are and strategy involved and uh, you know everything beyond that. So uh, and that kind of comes in when you spend the time uh, with the game and you get you know you get kind of get uh, invested in it. Uh, the other aspect of that. Uh, is so okay that's all great you know all of this information here is great and hopefully this is brought into the next halo title uh but today's modern gaming audience is a little different than what we had back in the day as far as you know the audience uh, of gamers like you said youtube you know internet wasn't the same as it is now um similarly uh today's gaming landscape is a red ocean right there's there's a million fps titles out there now we've got games like uh, like Overwatch, Apex Legends, Counter-Strike is still massive, Rainbow Six, PUBG. Uh, fast-paced gameplay is the norm, and it's incredibly popular now, right? So everybody's kind of moving around, sliding, sprinting. This has become very normal. Um, and, yeah, abilities such as sliding is sprinting. And then games that don't have insane speed, so think like Counter-Strike and Rainbow Six, they kind of supplement that by having abundance of strategy, right? Like there's yeah. a lot of strategic elements to Rainbow Six and Counter-Strike that kind of you know, uh, make up for the slower-paced gameplay. Uh, it's weird because Halo kind of sits in the middle of both of those, right? Halo has elements of strategy. It has elements of speed, but it doesn't have a ton of strategy like like a Counter-Strike or a Rainbow Six. And, you know, a lot of people are saying it shouldn't have the speed of a Call of Duty. Um, so it's kind of an interesting spot that it sits in there. Uh, yeah, on top of the fact uh, that... Yeah? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just that, that games as a service uh, are, is regular now, is a normal thing. Games are continually updated with new features and improvements on a seasonal basis. This is an expectation now as well. So it's not just about having tons of content that works well on launch, but it's about having that as a foundation and being ready and agile as a company to quickly build on that and improve as time goes by is the uh, uh, kind of the big thing that we're expecting. So these are, this is kind of our modern gaming market. Um, so how does how do we take those these three aspects that I said uh, about what Halo did correctly, having so it clearly like just having tons of content complete from the day one, um, but how do they innovate like they always did in the past, while maintaining a simple formula with enough depth to please the hardcores? Yeah, I think the um, this you know you were talking about it with uh, Rainbow Six and Counter Strike as the examples of first person shooters that you know supplement their you know, well rainbow and, and counter-strike still very short kill times they're still pretty uh, quick. Yeah. they're they're quick in their in their gunplay but they're slow in their movement but i think uh, it just 
Halo has this very special place. I think because it was born on console, it has this like it's like the family friendly FPS strategy game. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not as hardcore as Counter Strike and Rainbow. Like you don't have to be as cerebral. Like surely there are cerebral elements to the game, and like you can be a lot smarter and usually win off of that. But I think keeping the gunplay as like the focus of the game is what Halo's like strong suit is mm-hmm. and just making it easy for everyone to pick up and play the game. Cause what you don't want to do is, and I still haven't figured out how league of legends and, and some of these other games have become so popular with right. such a high barrier to entry. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to make the barrier to entry so high that like, especially older players that have played the franchise, because you're still working within the franchise, like older players that have played the franchise for a long time are excited about Halo Infinite and want to pick the game up again. Yeah. They pick it up and they're like, uh, I got to like do what now? Like there's three extra buttons that I never knew existed. And like um, you have to like climb on stuff and there's a different button for that now. And like running around and there's sliding and like there's these three different things I could do with my guns. I can switch yeah. like my ammo if i want to shoot like a burst or a single shot like what what is going on you know sure so you know you want to keep it very simple and casual those are the best games like the games that are the easiest Mm. to play but also provide a really high skill gap or have a high skill ceiling those those are the best those are the best types of games i mean now yeah guitar it's not a it's not a sport but it's it's a very simple five-stringed instrument six there's it's just five yeah whatever it's just six strings <laughs> five strings it's just six strings oh and God. uh they're strapped to like a piece of wood and you mm. can you can either be terrible or you could right like you'll never be able to master it and you could be so unbelievably amazing yeah. and play the most beautiful music ever it's just such a simple thing that people well, can use so that the whole simple thing so like I think it's correct that back in the day, the simple formula was the reason why it was so amazing and so successful. But now that you're kind of bringing up these uh, points about modern games, like what's kind of expected these days is complexities within like it's like, for example, Fortnite is is undoubtedly the most popular game right now, like everywhere worldwide, let's say, or maybe. OK, we'll, we'll go North America. Um, no, no, Fortnite, no, go, go ahead. Probably I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to set uh, yourself up so I can just chop this thing down. Well, Fortnite actually isn't that simple, though, when you think about it. It's like ah! Fortnite, the movement and shooting is pretty simple, but the building, like, there's there's a lot of depth to that. And it's interesting that that uh, it's so incredibly popular because I wouldn't say it's like, you know, I, I guess it's very easy to just kind of drop in, you die. So in that aspect, it's it's casual. But, like, the actual mechanics of the game uh, and, and mastering those and the skill ceiling that's available there is, that's is insane. The guitar. That's, that's the guitar. That's the guitar. Well, and you have so what do you get? You get five slot, five item slots in Fortnite. Uh huh. You get five five guns or whatever, and you could build four different things. That's it. That's the whole game. 
and it's super easy to be shitty and pick up a lot of it's like not really i mean when you're mapping your controls on pc trying to figure out like where the wall the floor the ceiling and like yeah if you want to be great but like you can hit build like hit e or whatever and and scroll through with your mouse wheel whatever you want to build like it's super easy to be terrible drop in build a ramp anybody can build a ramp and then just like start shooting from behind your ramp like very easy yeah. to build battle somebody and edit and do all the crazy stuff right, exactly. that like Editing mongrel like and all those people are doing that's you know that's for the the top top 0.1 percent of people mm-hmm. you know the but to jump in and play the game anybody can jump in and play it's the it's one of the easiest games in the world to play you walk around all the guns are color-coded for you it's so simple you walk in you find a gun you pick it up you start shooting at somebody you may kill them you may die you drop in again Mm. easy it's such an easy game so if i take like the perspective halo 5 let's say i i find halo 5 is pretty easy at its core like you could drop in you don't need to sprint around and spartan charge or whatever these fancy mechanics that was spartan charges jokes though but like i'm just saying you can just kind of come in and shoot things and die and and reset like you do with fortnite um and then there's a lot of depth in the mechanics in the game that, that make a, just a massive skill ceiling. Um, is that not, like, similar? That's the thing where I'm like, what? So well, here's the issue is that the game's bad. Um, but okay. the second issue <laughs> is that. That's, uh... <laughs> sure. It's, um, well, I, you're, you're, well, it's it's kind of an apples and oranges thing because you're comparing a, a game where it's basically a free-for-all to a team game. The complexity in Halo has always come out in, like, the team mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, knowing where to position... It's all, it's all like, a game of positioning right, right. more than it is a game of, like, gun skill. Because, mm-hmm. like, you could totally blow a game for your team by just, like, running forward when you're not supposed to or something. And you can't really do that in Fortnite. Like, you could... I mean, you could get into an engagement that you're not supposed to get into, but, like... It's never really like the wrong play. Does that makes sense. Like, yeah, kind of, like you could argue it, but you could always like fight your way out of it. I don't know. Like in Halo, if you if you just like do something really really stupid, you your whole team gets punished for it. Right. Right. I guess that's I I don't know. I think the the team play aspect of it makes it makes it complicated. And then like. Yeah, obviously, it's a console shooter. It's very limited in, like, the things that you could do, the buttons you could press to make, it, make you know, your guy do whatever. But, like, um, I could run around and be terrible and mm-hmm. still, like, get enjoyment out of it um, and kill people. But then there's somebody like Shotzi who, like, is breaking the mechanics of moving around in the game. You're like holy shit! Like <laughs> this is something that you could have that's actually like achievable. You could actually like do something like this, and it's amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, is the gap from like is the gap between those two things that incredibly far? Like yes, in a sense of the hours that is put in to like master that kind of stuff, but like from a results and like a fun in enjoyment standpoint, I don't mm. feel like it is. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, he's. Uh, I don't even know what like, I want to say to this. A guy. lot better than me. Like, way, way, way better than me. But mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying earlier, like, I'd probably be able to kill him a couple times just because. Just because it's not a game that's built for, like. What are you saying? Like, that you kill Shotzi a couple times? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I haven't played Halo 5 in a very long time. I might be talking out of my ass, but, like,. The last time, I am a very good 1v1 <sighs> player, and I had to play Roy 1v1 once, and right. he told me that he was going to beat me without me getting any kills in Halo 3, and then we were tied 7-7, to and he was sweating. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so here, you know, here's it's the, these games aren't, they're not set up, Halo 5 more much more than Halo 3. Halo 3 uh-huh. is, you know, there's not a lot of options. Like he, I know he can like jump around in Halo Five and boost and like really mess me up and do some weird, weird stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just not the the ceiling isn't there. The you know for whatever reason, if it was the maps, if it was the movement, if it was the gunplay, it the the like enjoyment factor in Halo Five was not there. Like I'm. I I may trash the series a lot, but I'm one of the biggest Halo fans that you'll ever find because I've been playing the game since the day it was released, and I've played every single one of them. Like, there's not one that I haven't picked up, and you know it breaks my heart to see it where it is today. But I I, I mean I'll be real with you that some of the games just don't. If it, if they were good, I would be playing them. Like if Halo Five was a great game, I would be playing it today. Like I would go home from work and I would load up Halo Five and play it because I love Halo. Right, right. Uh, so I'm trying to think of what what this all means. Is it what Halo Five is overly complex that makes it, or or why? Like I don't even know where I'm taking this. I don't know uh, if I could really place what makes it such a bad game. I just played it and I knew. Once again, disagree. That it it's a bad fun. game, but. Uh... <laughs> I mean, bad. It's different. Yeah, bad's it's... a relative term. I just didn't have fun playing it. Uh huh. Do you have fun playing it? Yes, every day that I play it. Yeah, oh, but but for a very yeah, but maybe it's a very different reason. Um, I I find, and I don't know where we're taking this discussion, but let's just just let's just see where it goes. I guess. Uh, I I find that uh the mechanics present in Halo Five just make it exciting. There's so much depth that I'm always learning something new. When it comes to jumps and movement and routes, there's so many ways to navigate uh, 1v1 scenarios, multiple players against you, like 2v1 scenarios. Like, just depending on where you are on the map, you've got a million different avenues and options you can take advantage of if you intimately understand the movement mechanics in the game. And, of course, you need to be amazing at shooting. You need to have your reticle ready in all of the the key moments. You can't just always be jumping around uh, and, and not be ready for each engagement. But the crazy thing is the perfect harmony of when you're able to hit those spring jumps uh, in really, you know, inconvenient locations uh, and also land your shots and do like a perfect drop back with the clamber. There's so many, uh, just, there's just a lot of nuance to how the mechanics all kind of connect together and the scenarios that you get from that. Does that work in a, in a competitive game with two teams on a map going up against each other when they all, every single individual player has, I guess there's just, they're capable of so much. Uh, does that work as far as balance goes? Maybe that's the big question. Maybe that's kind of uh, what makes makes it less appealing to people. Maybe they think that it's less balanced, I guess, as a result of the inclusion of everything. Everything's too fast. There's too much power given to one player. So uh, the team aspect of it is less important. And then, you know, as a team game, it doesn't work in the same degree. 
Though it does still, like, there is still an esports, there was an esports scene for Halo 5 that, uh, you know, that was uh, appreciated and that was uh, very competitive and had consistency, right? You had consistent results, so. Yeah, I just, I think that maybe it was too complex. Maybe there were too many buttons that you could press. Maybe there was too much going on for something that, in my opinion, should be a simple console shooter you know it's not this is the big reason why i was so against them going after like the call of duty market because they like went halfway in you know they went waist deep and they were like this is far enough but if you're gonna make a game like that just make a new game make your own ip that plays like call of duty don't turn your franchise that is built off of like walking jumping and shooting and turn that into a fast-paced shooter game because you're just going to either a piss everybody off or sink the franchise right uh, or both i guess i guess those are one and the same but like there's not there's there's nothing that they could do they i Halo needs to be Halo in my in my opinion it needs to go back to the core mechanics and have only, you know, a few different options and make make that the complexity, you know, for force that that simple complexity. Make it a guitar. Don't make it this crazy like, you know, you got to have eight fingers on each hand to play. I don't think anybody that plays Halo is interested in that. Like right. And and this right. this you know, again, <laughs> I've been playing the franchise since legitimately the day that halo one came out so i may be biased as to what halo is or what halo should be mm-hmm. but it's to me it they just need to stop the advanced movement thing completely make a different ip make a new game everybody's dying for a new game make a new game that mm-hmm. competes with call of duty and keep halo bring halo back to what made halo halo which is that it's a guitar. Don't change Make the core formula is what you're saying. Simple yeah. and have that simplicity breed the complexity. Yeah. Now, one thing is I can kind of understand the direction that they've taken just based on if you look at other games. Like, for example, let's say, and Tony, I know you have uh, some footage for this, but Borderlands 3 uh, and Doom are two games that previously didn't have any form of mechanics, but uh, Borderlands now has like a sprint and a slide that you can do. Doom has, like, its own kind of thrust, uh, and you really go, like, swing on poles and stuff, and all of these inclusions are met with positivity from uh, from the audience. People love this stuff. I guess the thing is that these games aren't primarily competitive multiplayer games, um, so when it's included in a campaign or something like that, then this Nor stuff is appreciated. Nor do they appreciated. have a precedent like the Halo <clears throat> franchise does. Maybe that's I mean, the biggest Doom thing, too. Doom has it's old just, yeah. games, but, like, Doom on, on whatever, PC mm-hmm. in 1993... You know, right. people don't remember that anymore. Now it's just like, oh, look at this cool new shiny thing, and it, it plays a lot like the other games of this generation. Right. So, and yeah, you're right. Halo has the precedent. So simply just kind of going the avenue of of uh, including sprint and slide, just because other games might have it, uh, isn't you know doesn't seem to be the best route that they could take. I guess. Like, how can they innovate? Uh, without mechanics like that, what way would they be able to uh, to make innovations? Um, 
So let's say, because one thing that I brought up in a previous uh, interview was that just saying that there's no sprint, like let's say, like the thing is that audiences kind of come to expect sprint in games right now. I don't think it's a, a make or break for the success of Halo if sprint is in the next Halo title, but just saying that it's not in the Halo title will have a huge impact on the community. If they just mention no sprint for I Halo Infinite, yeah, that I, you, you think it won't have it? I think it will have it. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, if they mention that there won't be Sprint, it's like mentioning that Halo will have split screen, or you know, like mentioning that the Xbox One was built just for games. Like it's it's a very quick and easy way to please your your core audience. Basically, they'd yeah. be like, "Damn, awesome! It's the Halo that we know and love." But they still need to innovate. So I think it would be interesting if they were able to take out Sprint, but then take on the challenge of innovating and speeding up the gameplay. Uh, and you know, adding cool ways to to make make it fun and entertaining for a modern uh, a modern gaming audience. So, do you have any ideas on how they might do something like that? Like a couple of things I was thinking was like if they could innovate as far as the weapons or the equipment, uh, kind of like the Halo Three equipment or the environment around the player. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that I really don't think that they should touch the core experience of the game. I think if they want to do stuff like that, if they want to lean on the the people that want to play and like this super fast um fast pace you know gaming world they should leverage slot uh slot they should leverage swat a lot more leverage swat bring in you know a put more resources into the swat playlist you know change the name of it maybe i know it's like synonym like you can't people know it as swat in halo but like change the name give it a flashier name to like appeal to the you know the eight through twelve the eight through fifteen year olds that are going to be playing eight through fifteen year olds wow yeah okay. the younger kids the kids that are playing Call of Duty you know the nine ten eleven year olds because that's the audience the that you that, think would like fast gameplay because I I feel like yeah, those are the kids that play COD <laughs> oh my god and watch COD YouTube videos uh, and want to be the next you know Nade Shot or whatever it's sure. it's younger kids man little kids are playing these games. Right, and if you if you want, you know, make but, make it a fifty fifty split instead of between like social and and ranked. Maybe you go, you know, no shields and shields. I I don't know, like, and then in terms of of you know just like innovating, I think that comes through the map design. That comes through game elements. Like, you don't need to innovate. Like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel here. I don't think, especially with the game that's or a franchise rather that's in this much trouble like mm. go back to the core for like one game and in three or four years then you know after you have one good title after three four bad ones then you can go and try to start like improving on that but right now they need to just like land on the ground with both feet first because they're just in a free fall mm-hmm. um so i think you know making great maps that are symmetrical, making uh, gunplay that's consistent and having hit scan weapons, having, uh, you know, what would be awesome would be to have, uh, you know, an armory of weapons to choose from that are balanced. It's an incredibly hard thing to accomplish. What do you mean an armory of weapons um, to choose from? Well, you put weapons in an armory. This is like a a war chest, rather. Is a war chest a better word? Or what do you mean? Why no, would you I mean a... just like in the sandbox available to you, like okay. that spawn on the map. Um, you know, having 
not just a VR mm-hmm. that you play with, but having another comparable weapon, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it has the same kill time, but it just looks a little bit different. Just like, I don't know, add some variety to mm-hmm. the game where there was no variety before. But if they could, if they could actually add more guns to the sandbox that were balanced so it wasn't just, you know, a one, two, three gun game. Mm. I think that would be incredibly beneficial. That would add longevity to the title. It would add replayability. People mm. would be trying out all these different guns that they, you know, normally like nobody ever picks up the needler. Nobody picks right. up the plasma rifle. Like they plasma rifle was viable in Halo One, but like in no other franchise or no in no other title was it viable. Like mm it's it's just it's so it got to be so one-dimensional i think that was part of its demise they need to bring back some variety and they tried to do that but you have to really really and this is where the pro team comes in balance all this shit and it is the hardest job that there is right. i guarantee it to balance they keep bringing the needler shit. back but it's like you make it too powerful people complain if it's too right. weak they just don't use it so oh yeah. Well, yeah that's the issue with a, a homing gun i guess yeah but yeah i mean i think uh yeah i think adding variety of weapons and they don't total they don't have to have a battle royale mode i think you know they're probably working on it the Halo universe plays very well Probably into take it. their own spin on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it works. I think it would be fun to play. I don't think it's necessary. I think, um, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe that's the thing that streamers would really grab a hold of that they could, you know, that's that's new and fresh, but yeah. also, you know, gives them that nostalgia that Halo gives me and so many other people. Maybe that, maybe that is the key. I don't know. The the cool thing is that nobody really knows, but we're all sitting here talking about it because we all give a shit and we all want it to be great. Like right. we, I care so much. I would love for this game. Nobody wants this game to succeed. Well, I mean, maybe some of the people that have big money invested in it, Microsoft, but like nobody else wants this game to succeed more than I do. I would love sure. to go home and be excited like I was when I was 14 and I got off the we bus. And I would run back home and run into my basement and play Halo 2 until yeah. I went to sleep. Like, that was the best feeling. Yeah. Weapons-wise, uh, I think it'd be cool if they messed around with projectile and hitscan. Because you've always had a mix of projectile and hitscan weapons. Your core weapon is should be hitscan, like your BR, your Magnum, whatever. Uh, but they always have, uh, like, plasma weapons that are projectile weapons, or your rockets, or your grenade launchers, or whatever. They all have projectile attributes. There should be a precision projectile weapon that's comparable to the BR, that's maybe, like, a, some form of a carbine or, like, a, a covenant weapon or whatever. Um, yeah. That might be might have a slightly faster time to kill than the BR, but it's slightly more difficult to use because it's projectile. So you get a nice, like, healthy mix of the two. For the fans of, like, you know, using that projectile-style BR, you have something equivalent on, uh, on and the And that should always side. be the trade-off, you know. It's like, it would be cool. you're using a harder weapon, you should be mm. rewarded with more damage yeah. being out by that weapon. And it's, you know, yeah. it's a fine line. Like I said, hardest thing in the game is probably balancing mm. balancing weapons, but uh, and designing maps probably number two. Yeah. But if they could nail down those two things, I, I have no doubt that it'll be at least a very playable game, even if they put sprint and some of the advanced movement options in which i yeah really think that they're gonna do even though they really should 
mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of contention on on the advanced movement abilities. What's interesting though is that if you look at like the button combos of Halo 2, these are mechanics like deep mechanics that are challenging to pull off, but they're like universally appreciated. What do you think of some finding some way to include something like that as an alternative to movement, having some, maybe not a BXR, but uh, you know something in the same vein? Uh, like a button combo, but that's some, something that they probably would never advertise. Developer, yeah, I don't think any developer would be comfortable putting something like that in a game. I think it would have to come from a gun, mm. like a very specific gun that had this ability. It right, wouldn't be right. available on all guns, you know. Um, but yeah, they would have to build it into a weapon, like a singular weapon, and then that would be the weapon that you would pick up, and it would be like a risky thing, but you yeah. know, if you could pull off this you know, whatever. And maybe if you don't put it in right, it jams or something. I don't know. Sure. Does. But, like, yeah. yeah. It, it would. It, they would never put it in just to, like, put it in. Yeah. Speaking of, like, secondary attributes of weapons and stuff, though, uh, Tony, I had that quick clip on the effect of the sword in Halo 2, if you can show that clip real quick. So watch this sword uh, swipe here. And this happens sometimes when you're trying to lunge on somebody. Watch this one right here. Yeah. And he launches and gets a sick headshot. What do you think of stuff like that? Because I think that's actually pretty sick. I think, you know, I would liken kind of that, that quality. To, I would liken that to, like, you know, nade, like, nade tricks and stuff. I don't think that this this really, like, shouldn't happen. Like, if, if you... I, I, like, understand, I think, what's happening in, like, the physics He's of the game. He's jumping to the left, and it seems well, like the timing of the slash, the... Uh, yeah, but he should he should finish that jump in an arc, right? And he doesn't. He just kind of, like, launches. Right, because so the player that he's realist- trying to grab seems to not be in front of him. That's what it looks like to me, but I, I'm not a... Yeah. Well, yeah. realistically, he, like, starts to defy gravity, right? And, and in, in another game, or, like, in a well-made game, gravity would push him down to the ground a lot faster. He wouldn't just continue... Honestly, rocketing through the sky. Um, so I'm okay with that if they, like, fix the, the gravity on that move. You know, if he came down quicker, which he sh- should, Yeah. then, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's you know, if you can sword lunge to that guy, yeah, why not? And if you, like, kind of step to the side of him a little bit and you, you kind of travel past him, why why not? Why shouldn't you, you know, kind of, like, float through the air? But don't just... Like be shot out of a can, yeah, because that then it becomes inconsistent. And what you right. want is consistency in your games, and that's like, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me always is like making sure that everything is repeatable and consistent. And yeah. then if you're doing stuff like that, it's not it's not consistent. Sure, yeah, I just think it's interesting that there's like a, a secondary you know attribute of the sword, and of course that's not really something that you had kind of planned or anybody planned to happen. But when that does happen and you pull off a sick snipe out of it, it's it's pretty cool. It, it makes me think like maybe there's some way that they can add depth to the weapons that when you pick up a weapon, it it changes the way you move around the map in some way. I'm not sure, but uh, and especially if that weapon is a power weapon, then players can prioritize it and uh, try to take advantage of it to gain some sort of a, a subtle advantage there, rather than everybody having static abilities off the rip. I don't know. Um, There's also that so, that sword swap that you could do where you could like aim with another right, weapon across a map. Yeah. Right. yeah, sword flying. Yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous. That's that's uh, that's stupid though. As far as competitive goes, yeah, um, for campaign that was sick. Really, really hard to pull off, but yeah, sick. Yeah, but sick. Yeah. 
Um, but there's the other thing is that what do you think we can do as a community to help ensure Halo's success? Because I think at the end of the day, like 343, they're probably going to try new things. Like, I, I mean, I would expect them to try new things in an attempt to innovate. Uh, they might try to take the game in new directions. Uh, and I just feel like as a community, it's important that we try to approach whatever decision that they make with an open mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and don't immediately dismiss something just because you don't like how it sounds. At yeah. the same time, it's important to have criticism and to play and to give your criticisms, but when we voice criticisms, to be constructive in our approach and to do so with the yeah. intent of of helping the Halo community and the Halo game be the best game it possibly can be. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing, because like you're saying, uh, you know, when you think about Halo 5 uh, and, and the fact that... Those are those are rules for life, by the way, everyone. Right. That, those are pretty right. much... You want to do that with pretty much everything in your in your life yeah don't yeah. be an asshole do you ever feel like halo 5 was kind of dismissed in a way though because like uh, you just kind of say it's a, a bad game and and uh i i mean i'm not sure how much you played it but i played it a bit i mean i say it's a bad game because it's hard for me to place what makes it a bad game and i didn't feel like putting in the hours to really figure out what made it a bad game i just knew when i played it that i didn't like it didn't give me the satisfaction that other halo titles gave me and i that was enough for me yeah. i was like all right that's you know that's all i that's all i needed from this um i think as a community there's not much i mean there are things that we could do not a ton that most people can do but buy the game and play the game and if you like the game keep playing the game uh but the biggest thing that everybody can do is make content surrounding the game so do stuff like we're doing right now. If you like right. a certain aspect of the game, like if you love Griffball, start uploading Griffball videos to YouTube. Like sure. spread the word of the game and let other people find what you're talking about and get, you know, they're going to latch on to you and they're going to latch on to that game and it's going to grow the game's popularity. Maybe they'll end up watching an esports tournament. You know, it's not about yeah. we're not even in the fight to make this a great esports game. We just want to make it a great game. Just like we want a good Halo game at at the very least. So if if everybody loves the game and it ends up being a, sh a like a crap esports title, I don't even care. Like I just want it I want it to be a great game that everybody loves again that people talk about that like yeah. you know kids in high school play and yeah. and you know I, I just that's that's what I want. I want to see my favorite influencers and my favorite YouTubers and my favorite Twitch streamers playing it and talking about it and like, you know, all my old pro Halo friends playing the game. Like, yeah, I miss it. Yeah, I think we all I'm do. Back. <laughs> uh, something I was thinking, and this is actually kind of taking the conversation back for a second, but uh, one of the unique aspects of classic Halo that people love was just this idea of momentum when you're moving along a map, the fact that uh, you're never stopped, your gun's never down at any point, you're always ready to fire a shot, of course, unless you're throwing a nade or a melee or something, uh, you're always kind of navigating the map in a way where your gun is positioned and ready to fire, and you can also navigate a map backwards uh, if you know the map well enough. So I think that that idea of momentum, maybe that's something that they should play into and try to innovate in that sense. How can they make it so that when you're navigating the map, your gun is never down in just your standard navigation, which is something that people say they don't like about sprint, when you're running around the map, your gun is in a state where it's down. You're not ready to fire. Sometimes, depending on the gun, you have to stop before yeah. you fire. Um, so how can they change that narrative? Maybe, like, yes, you have a higher base movement speed if your gun's always ready. Uh, do you remove aspects like clamber, or do you change the way the clamber works so that people can fire 
well they traverse over obstacles? I, know, what do you do? See, I, I was never a fan of clambering. I always thought that it, it's, it's not a smooth mechanic. It's clunky. You accidentally jump onto ledges sometimes and, like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I can get onto a higher place. But, like, just design the map so that you don't need it. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need that. We've played plenty of Halo titles without it. Just jump, crouch, get, if you land, if you can make it, if you can clear the thing, then you made it. If you didn't, then you right. did. And right. you're still shooting. You're still, your gun's still up. Every, like, you never, at no point are you putting your hands down to grab onto something and climb it. Like, no. Get rid of that. There is Got something it. goofy about not having it, though, in today's gaming. Like, you know what I mean? Because every single video game competitive FPS today has some form of a way to grapple a ledge if you're trying to climb up onto a ledge. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I think it would be great if if it, the game was seamless and it worked without it, if you but just I think kind it's of... because they designed the maps that way. Mm-hmm. If we just stop designing maps that way... I'm just saying that, you know, like they build it in, like in COD, they make these high ledges, like these high windows Mm. that you have to, you know, jump to get into and then grab onto the window sill or the window ledge and then climb into it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Make make better design. Put a box in front of it. Yeah, make it so you never need to actually, yeah, climb up in that way. But at the same time, if you're jumping towards an obstacle and your feet don't connect with the floor, your knees hit it. And then, you know, like the way that you don't make looks, it, and you don't make it. It just looks yeah, so goofy. You don't make it, you it's fall. just kind of a, I guess, I think it would be interesting if the clamber was implemented only when the, the obstacle is below you. So if you're trying to make the jump and it's below you, then there's a bit of a, a clamber aspect to kind of pull you up. But it's not as powerful as it is in Halo 5, where you kind of reach at obstacles above and climb up and you can drop back down and climb up. Maybe something like that, where like they can kind of continue to, to, cause like, it just it's a modern gaming kind of feel and expectation is what it, it seems like to me, where it's like, you know, if you touch a wall, you're climbing over that wall, there's a natural kind of a hand comes there and it, it kind of pulls you over. You, your gun could be active the whole time, but it just. It I just mean, CSGO doesn't have smooth. it. There's a lot of, mm. I mean, there's modern shooters that don't have, I mean, Quake, yeah, I guess. Quake's one of like the fastest shooters that there is and they, they don't have clamber, you know, you yeah. just zoom around. Um what was the other game that I used to play that you could slide and you could it not like a slide like in COD, but like um, Tribes. Mm-hmm. Tribes was a big momentum game. You could ski. So every time you're downhill, you hold the space bar and you pick right, up right. momentum and then you could just like launch yourself. Right, right. Yeah. I'm trying to stay away from that. Let's stay away. <laughs> Let's stay away from watching. Ski so anything, yeah, anything like that. I think it's just uh-huh. like we need to go back to running around, and it may be, it may feel slow. What do you think of the stabilized, it, by the way? Stabilized mechanic. Because I feel like most people really enjoy the stabilized inclusion. You don't like it? No. I find it to be a very balanced addition to the game. It doesn't, it doesn't change your position on the map in any significant way. It just allows you to get that extra peak. If you need to get that extra peak, of course, if you get shot while you're peaking, you drop back down. I think it's a pretty sick mechanic. Yeah. I mean, again, it's it's okay. Mm. It's it's not the worst thing ever. It is sort of like I could see how it could be. I'm thinking about like situations in Halo 3 where if Halo 3 had it, it would be uh, in a, a like annoyance like a major annoyance like imagine 
you're on top of narrows and instead of like jumping it just takes away from some of the skill when it auto stabilizes it's annoying yeah sure yeah well no not even auto stabilization but it just takes away from some of the skill and timing and like takes away from a great play you know if you're if you jump top like uh what do you call that thing top mid on narrows uh what the mauler sits on or well it's not really a mohawk it's like sideways Oh, uh, no, it's not afro, is it? There's two afros in the... Uh, yeah, it's like the, it's like the, the top afro. center afro. So if you're, like, yeah. standing on that and you jump off and you hit, like, a sick headshot, it's amazing because you... The timing, you know what I mean? Like, you were there, you jumped off, and then you, like, you're falling and you saw that guy at the right time, you adjusted your aim, mm. you took the shot, you killed that guy, and then, you know, if you're stabilized, you're just... You're jumping and you're holding stabilization. You're just sitting there waiting for this thing to happen. So you jump. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just like standing there, and then you it take takes a shot. The and you come back down. You jump again. You hold it there. You just sit. You know, it's yeah. just like standing, but a few feet higher. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it, it doesn't make for like. Does this make the game like? Does this make for more like sick plays, or, or is it just kind of like? something fancy that we really don't need right right that's fair so uh joe believes that the game needs to go all the way back to classic style of mechanics uh do what they did well back at halo one two and three what do you guys think in the chat let's uh let's see what kind of questions we have in the chat here and uh and get that that conversation going clearly me says what conditioner do you use this sounds like a, a halo yeah, question. this is the first uh this first question that we got i'm actually going to drop the link Oh, this is the Christoph Robin uh, blueberry antioxidant. Damn. Uh, Sounds uh, like it has some serious... Four uh, oils. Uh, it's <laughs> some quality stuff right there. What kind of ingredients are we looking at in there? We're is looking there at all, all the natural, all the natural, <laughs> wonderful ingredients. If you want if you want hair like this, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We don't... Cruelty-free... Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's good stuff. That and then I use uh, what shampoo am I using right now? I think your Not genetics sure. probably help with the, yes, uh, the results of the hair. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got a, a buddy in the background too. Is that bad? That's my my buddy Drew, Director Drew. Call him. Nice. Of course, guys. Uh, if you want hair like that, you can feel free to check out the uh, conditioner. I think he linked in the chat. <laughs> uh. We've got, oh, there it is. There's an image of it. Jeez, you found it. Okay, let's go. Flamin' Bob says, UGC, what was your rank in H2? I'm assuming he's talking to you, Joe. Uh, 37, 38, 30, yeah, somewhere between like 38, somewhere between like 37 and, and 40. I think really, really late. H2, I got to like a 42. Okay. But that, it wasn't like as impressive as like back in the day. Like in the begin, in the very beginning, like pre patch, I was a 19. I was like in the top. When the game came out, like two weeks in, I was on the top 25 for head to head. I was like one of the first like 16s. And it was like setting the pace. Like the top guy was like 18. Um, but yeah, I was, I was up there. I knew what I was doing. Lay, lay out. 
Is, uh, is that for me? I don't know. I, I, I use a regular, use a regular old stock Xbox controller, and I play Bumper Jumper. Nice. I had like one or two more of these, and then I got to run. I'm getting called. That's cool. Uh, Bothered Hat, I think this is our last question here. He says favorite Halo, which I think we already established. Mine's Halo 1, for sure. Uh, 1, 2, 3, uh, and then the rest don't really matter, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Overall, it's a it's an interesting topic, for sure. I mean, just kind of listening to your thoughts on it, it's uh, I feel like every fan has a slightly different idea of what they want to see, but of course a lot of the, uh, the audience does want to kind of take it back, bring it back to its roots of what made Halo so... Uh, kind of incredible and what made it really resonate with a lot of people. I think the simple formula is going to be really important, but just really just having a complete package for a game and making sure they continue to update it and add content, listen to the community, and and we have an ongoing uh, conversation is going to be key for just the the success of it, right? Um, Yeah, I think that that wraps things for today. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, man. Always great to uh, come on here and Talk to talk to all the Halo fans and talk about you know one of the great loves in my life. Follow me on all yeah. social media at Joe Fries or at Joe underscore Fries on Twitter. Uh, I post a lot of food and uh, sometimes post and selfies fashion. and fashion and some stuff about. If you want hair tips, hit me up. I got you. <laughs> but uh yeah until next time it was a great show thanks for having me on and uh really appreciate it hope we could do it again sometime closer to the launch of uh launch of infinite you, you come in a classic halo classic uh should should be there we'll look look out for an it. announcement on that uh in the coming weeks for sure hopefully we'll see you there man uh thank you so much for joining me of course man see ya all right, guys, that closes our interview with Joe Fries. I know a lot of you guys are waiting in the chat for our grassroots giveaway. You have to type exclamation mark grassroots to be entered into the contest. I think we have our winner. Uh, Tony will be sending it over to me. Uh, whatever you got it, Tony. Remember, guys, got exclamation mark grassroots in the chat. It's Bran Mudden who wins the uh, the BR skin and may play. Congratulations, uh, Bran Mudden. I'm sure Tony will find a way to send that over to you in some form of a DM. Thank you guys for joining us. On today's episode of HCS Weekly, of course, we have our, uh, our merch as well. Feel free to check out the merch. Everything you purchase here not only supports the show, but it supports me as well, and I would highly appreciate that. And uh, that will close our show for today. Thank you guys once again for joining us. We'll be back next week with more news, trick jumps, and interviews in Halo.